Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Vela is a podcast dedicated to relationships, one with yourself and others. So many people I know and work with struggle with sleep. Dr. Michael Walker is a professor of neuroscience and psychology at the University of California in Berkeley and the author of the book, Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. He asserts that lack of sleep is a worldwide epidemic with people on average sleeping an hour and a half less per night than in prior decades. And it is not due to us needing less sleep. Most adults still need, on average, eight hours of sleep a night and teenagers from eight to 11 hours of sleep, sometimes even more. So let's talk about this lack of sleep and what it's doing to our brains, our bodies, and our relationships, and why it is so urgent that you address this in your own life or your loved ones today. This is just a quick, short list of what we know from study after study about lack of sleep. It results in shortening our lives, reducing the quality of our lives, reducing our ability to concentrate, reducing our creativity, reducing our ability to learn. Our memory increases our irritability, our desire to take the easy way out of things because we simply don't have the stamina. It increases our impulsivity in terms of food so that we reach out for carbohydrates rather than proteins and we reach for food when we're not hungry. Our cognitive abilities decline and the incidence of disease and brain health issues increases. Lack of sleep is deleterious to our heart, our metabolism, our blood pressure, and our immune system. And according to Dr. Walker, one night of only getting four hours of sleep drops our immune system by 70%. And that's just one night. All systems in our body and brain are affected by a lack of sleep. He calls it the greatest curable disease not being talked about. If you're continuing to listen to this podcast, I'm guessing that you or someone you love is not sleeping well. Listen to the suggestions to help with sleep and then talk to me or your current therapist or doctor if you find the lack of sleep or sleep disturbances are continuing or worsening. You might benefit from some cognitive behavioral therapy to help readjust your sleep patterns, habits, and beliefs. If you're a parent of a teenager who's exhibiting symptoms of declining grades, declining concentration, irritability, and other symptoms, please don't simply assume that because he or she is in their room at 9 or 10 and you don't see them again until 6 or 7 the next morning that they're sleeping well. I can't tell you how many teenagers I've worked with whose parents will report to me that their teenager sleeps just fine. And when I speak to the teenager alone, they tell me that they very often are not falling asleep until midnight or one or two in the morning. They are on their phones and their screens or games or TV. And this doesn't just hold true for teenagers. Children and preteens with access to screens in their rooms may also not be sleeping. And I think it's important to understand a little bit about sleep. We have REM sleep, which most people are familiar with, rapid eye movement sleep, where most of our dreaming occurs. But we also have non-REM sleep, which increases by stages from one to four, deepening as we sleep. As we are awake during the day with 80 billion neurons and 100 billion support chemicals firing thousands of times per second, we build up metabolic toxins in our brains. When the quality and quantity of our sleep is not sufficient, we do not clear these toxins and they continue to build in the brain. 
I also want to make sure to address that there will be times in our lives that we cannot sleep well. New moms typically are not sleeping in quantity or quality. If you're caring for a sick loved one or if you're sick, sometimes sleep is interrupted. If you're caring for someone on hospice, if you're working shift work, if you're struggling with pain, either physical or emotional, that's keeping you up at night or waking you up at night, you might be experiencing nightmares or night terrors. There's many reasons sleep is interrupted. And sometimes, like with a new baby, there's nothing we can do to change that. If you're a new mom, if you're working shift work, if you're caring for someone who's ill, maybe these are not all changes you can implement, but maybe some of them that I'm going to give you might help. And don't forget to ask for help, which I'll talk about next week. Rely on your support system or develop a support system to help you get as much and as good quality sleep as you can. Make it a priority. So here's some suggestions specific to improving sleep. You might commit to these techniques for two weeks and see if there's any improvement in the quality and quantity of your sleep. Number one, the first thing I always suggest is check with your doctor. Follow up with your doctor on how you're sleeping, why you're not sleeping well, and see if there are any medical or medication issues affecting your sleep. Look at vitamin D levels and iron levels and anything that might be affecting sleep. Also, have them check for sleep apnea. I urge anyone who has a sleep apnea diagnosis and a CPAP machine prescription from your doctor to get it right away. This is not only something that affects your partner's sleep, your own sleep, but it can also contribute to heart issues. So please check with your doctor. Number two, a good night's sleep actually starts in the afternoon. If you're struggling with sleep, I encourage you not to drink or eat anything with caffeine or alcohol starting in the afternoon. So often people are drinking a glass of wine or cocktail before bed, and the common reason is that it helps them go to sleep. It relaxes them. And while that might be true, you'll probably find that it does not help you stay asleep. Because you have not put yourself to sleep, you have sedated yourself, and there is a difference. For most people, when they drink before bed, they wake several times a night after about four hours after going to bed. Alcohol has a negative effect on REM sleep, which is the deepest sleep, and it's where we have our most vivid dreams. Some believe it's the most restorative sleep. If you have untreated sleep apnea and you're drinking before bed, you might find sleep is even more difficult and perhaps more dangerous. And though it falls under nutrition, I suggest as you try these techniques, not to eat heavy or greasy or sugary foods after five or six o'clock at night. When you eat before bed, many systems are not able to rest and restore, including the digestive system. Number three, I encourage you to use your bed for only two activities, sleep and sex. If you're in the habit of doing your work on a laptop, sitting on your bed or eating in bed or anything else that might be part of why you're not sleeping well, the power of suggestion for the mind is intense. And so what we want the mind to do is to associate bed with sleep. Number four, now that you're getting toward evening, it's time to set a routine for yourself, a regular schedule of when you'll fall asleep and when you'll wake up. For most people, 9 to 6 or 10 to 6 is sufficient. There will be times when you deviate from this, but look at these hours as sacred, as they are your time to sleep and restore and heal. 
One of the things I've noticed over the years is on the days I don't see clients, I usually need seven to eight hours of sleep. On the days I see clients, I need nine, and on particularly busy days, even 10. This extra hour or two is restorative and healing and what my brain and body need. You may see a similar pattern in your sleep. Number five, you will start a routine one hour before you're scheduled to go to sleep. So if you decided you wanted to sleep from 10 to 6, then you start your bedroom routine at 9. In this hour, you're going to create a space for sleep. You're going to send messages to your brain and body that it's time to start winding down and go to sleep. You'll turn down the lights so the lighting is dim and turn down the temperature. Humans sleep better when it's cooler usually below 67 or 66, or simply turn off the heat for the night. Take a hot bath or shower before bed. It helps people fall asleep more quickly because the hot water changes the body's core temperature and it sends the heat out through the skin surface. You go to bed an hour later with a lower temperature signaling to the body and the brain that it's time to sleep. Absolutely no screens, no TV, no phone or computer or laptop. Instead, do things that will soothe you and that will signal to your brain and body that it's time to sleep. Reading, but nothing too stimulating. Listening to calm music, meditating or praying. Quiet, connecting conversations with your partner. Also, the experts recommend not being in bed if you can't fall asleep for more than 20 or 30 minutes tops. You want your brain associating bed with sleep. And if you're tossing and turning for hours or looking at your phone or lying in bed and not sleeping, this association will be more difficult for the brain to hold. Do not go to a screen, but read or do something that is calming. And then try again when you start to feel sleepy. Number six. Another technique to use is to shift your thinking around sleep. Culturally, we sometimes think it's admirable to go without sleep, and somehow it means the person is more productive or tougher or that they simply don't need that amount of sleep. If that's the case for you, I want you to shift your thinking away from that because we have study after study that shows that often people missing sleep makes them less productive. Another thought shift you might employ can be helpful if you are a worrier. I want you to consider sharing that worry with another part of your brain. With anxiety and worry, you are in the conscious part of your brain. You are using deliberative thought and simply worrying or trying to come up with a solution. You are replaying things over and over. If possible, I'd like you to try to shift your thinking about how sleep can help you with that. We know that if you can step away and let the unconscious brain work on the problem, Often that's where the work needs to be. If you find the same thought and worry has circled through your brain repeatedly, perhaps it's because the portion of the brain that really needs to be able to focus on it hasn't had a chance yet. So thinking about setting an intention for sleep that you're going to let go of something, you're going to allow your unconscious brain to work on it. And if you're a person of faith, give it to God. Trust your unconscious brain process. Trust your body, your brain, and the processes that have been given to us through millennium. Some additional sleep tips that might help are to get blackout curtains if you can. If you feel like the morning light wakes you before your scheduled time or you're working in shifts or caring for someone where you are having to sleep in the day. I would also encourage you to invest in personal light therapy, which can help boost energy 
improve mood, enhance focus, and regulate sleep patterns. Light therapy is thought to affect brain chemicals linked to mood and sleep, easing seasonal affective disorder and helping with sleep disorders and depression. And light therapy is also known as bright light therapy or phototherapy, and you can get it through Amazon or Bed Bath and Beyond and other places. So unless you fall into one of the exceptions I mentioned earlier, like being a new mom, naps are not usually encouraged. Sleep is not like a gas tank. Napping doesn't help you fill up your gas tank if you're running on half a tank already. While napping might help a little bit with improving some reflexes and some of the symptoms of not getting enough sleep, it's not catching you up on sleep. And lastly, some of you might be taking sleeping pills to train your brain and body to go to sleep, and perhaps you're taking them because of some trauma or some physical or emotional pain. If you're working with a doctor, and in some cases a therapist, these can be helpful in treating sleep disorders and sleep difficulties, particularly if paired with cognitive behavioral therapy and trauma treatment if needed. Again, as far as medication to help you sleep, I would encourage you to work in conjunction with your doctor and therapist. I hope that some of this information has been helpful to you. I hope you have a week filled with meaning and love and some good night's sleep.